I've always been a firm believer in the idea that those side projects you do for fun are extremely valuable in your career trajectory. Whether it's setting up a service to automate your home, collecting registrations for a family event, or tracking animal behaviors on the family farm, you are going to learn skills that can take you places and show potential employers that you've got the interest and drive to learn and discover on your own. In today's episode, we'll talk with someone about his projects and what value he's gotten out of them. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And of course, I always say that with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. In this episode, I've got the pleasure of talking to ServiceNow Developer at Agility and 2022 ServiceNow Developer MVP, an all-around great guy, Jace Benson. How are you today, Jace? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for being a great guy. First time breakpoint. First time at breakpoint. And we've been doing this for almost two years. Boy, I really got to look at my agenda closer. This is way overdue, and I'm glad you're able to join me. Welcome to Breakpoint, and of course, we'll follow the traditional path. Before we begin, let's get to know who Jace is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. People find me online. My name is quite uncommon, and more common now, though. Uh, I've been posting on ServiceNow stuff since 2007, asking questions. So that's where I came up from. Oh, my goodness. 2007? You're, you're one of the few people that outrank like me and Brad. Just barely, I'm sure. We have to have some old-timer stories at some point. Okay, you've been doing ServiceNow stuff for a long time, which gives you some credibility and authority on, on what we're going to talk about today. Sure. What roles have you had in ServiceNow in the last 15 years? Sure. So I've been on, I feel like I've been on every side of the equation, except for working at ServiceNow proper. I've been a consultant. I've worked at customers. I really like working on the customer side of ServiceNow because the experience is great right? You don't have to deal with the infrastructure. You just got to write the code and solve those problems. When you're a consultant, it's uh, it's still pretty good, but the pressure's, the pressure's higher. You got to track your time. You got to track your time. Nobody likes tracking their time. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> and then, but there's also you know the support equation of it. It's like two, three, four years down the road, you're still supporting projects you did a long time ago. As a consultant, you move on and you're always getting fresh projects. So you know, there's pluses and minuses that people need to consider if they're looking at their career paths. That's definitely true. If you're going to consult though, where you're not building in a support structure, you're not going to make a lot of friends at that place you left. That's true. That's true. When you're not at work, what do you like doing? Well, I play Minecraft, Minecraft with my kids. That's always great. They like to blow up my my houses. That's fun. Uh, other than that, I've been building a uh, a remote control semi truck. I'm almost done with it. I'm really excited to to drive around and get some pictures of it. Like, wait, wait a semi truck? You're talking about a full size truck or no? No, it's like a it's like a miniature one sixteenth or one thirty second size RC car. Okay, so this is this is a small model. You build the you build all the innards, so all the working gears, and you build the drive shaft and connect it all up. And fun, yeah, it's very interesting. I just finished finished painting it yesterday. So what color? It's blue on top and white on the bottom, with a black base in the back end of it. 
Very cool. But I got to cut about 130 stickers out and put them on it. Service now stickers all over this thing. <laughs> I'm picturing some of the stuff you picked up in New York. <laughs> oh, man, I should totally use a service now sticker for it. I have some. But it would have to be kind of small. Otherwise, it's going to be the size of the door. The only, the only semi-tractor trailer with a with a, with a code on the side. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Get an LCD display. Just have it rotate the code. All right. I'm going to borrow a question from one of our other podcasts that I heard, and I really want to hear your answer. What superpower would you like to have? Oh, that's a really good one. To learn something very quickly. Like instead of having to read it, like I could just like learn through osmosis. You want the matrix jack in the back of your head. That's what I you mean, want. That would be perfect. But like, I mean, I'd be all right with go to sleep on a book and then know it in the morning. That would be a good power to have. You Could you imagine? You need to write a PowerShell script to make a rest call from a server because whatever limitation. And now you need to learn PowerShell. Have fun. Or communicating with other humans in their language. Or yeah, that would, yeah, that would be fantastic. When I was a kid once, somebody once told me, one of my good friends, Eric, he's like, I I said, it'd be awesome to be able to speak like all the languages. And he's like, yeah, you could probably still sound like an idiot in every one of them. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't a a happy conversation at the time, but I'm just thinking like, yeah, just because you can speak it doesn't mean you're going to add value to those conversations. So, all right, let's rewind the clock. How did you get started with ServiceNow way back in 2007? In 2007, I was working on a help desk, like so many other people who work on ServiceNow. And they were transitioning from a system called TouchPaper to ServiceNow for change management. I had said I'd done some PHP work before in my past, like playing around with things. And they said, oh, you can do the catalog stuff. And so I took a stab at the catalog and I loved it. That's how it started. Back then there wasn't workflows, just execution plans. So you did come in prior to summer of 2008. Yep. And uh, I was like, what are these newfangled workflows? I can't work with this. This is bizarre. I haven't heard many people say that anymore. Well, no, yes, they do say that about the workflows today. What are these old workflows? These are bizarre. <laughs> it's true. I, I haven't thought about that in retrospect, but that's that's actually true. Um, but yeah, then I worked at uh, a hospital system until about 2011. Got, got headhunted by a consulting company, which is now part of another consulting company. And uh, I left them after I had my first kid and been on the customer track ever since. Was there something in that initial introduction to ServiceNow that you just went, oh, wow, that's that's it for me. I'm, I'm sold. Well, at the time, I really wanted to work like as a developer doing something, doing anything. I didn't care, right? Like I felt like I fell into the IT job at the help desk. And um, okay. Once I got the job at the help desk, then I just kept getting better and better. And it was solving problems. Like it just made it really easy to solve those problems, even way back then when you didn't have UI policies and other things like that. The good old days. I mean, back then there wasn't REST process. There wasn't a REST API. There wasn't a JSON API. You had like processors. And I think you had the soap whistles. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But it did it did solve a lot of the problems that they had back then. Get off my instance, you kids, said the old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like that all the time. It's fine. It's fine. And you get to tell stories that you know, a lot of a lot of the new developers appreciate. Okay, you've got a number of side projects. So let's start with the one I was first introduced to, news.jace.pro. Tell us 
How did that get started? A couple of years ago, Andrew Albidor, which you may or may not know, he's another MVP. Mm-hmm. He had noticed that I had shared this OPML file. I don't know what it stands for, but it's a it's a grouping of RSS feeds of sure. things that I follow in the ServiceNow space. And he said, it would be really awesome, Jace, if I didn't have to install an RSS feeder or plug this into an RSS feeder to read this stuff. Can you just post this online somewhere? Like the feeds, like make them aggregate. I was like, oh, sure. And I did that like two years ago with uh, an 11T site, which is um, a static site generator that I just had to rebuild every day. Uh, but now news that JSTAP Pro is a little more fancy. It uses a database in the back end and it's, uh, it's fancy. I've learned so much building it because I'm like, how does ServiceNow do this thing that I would do? Mm-hmm. And then I look at how I would have to do it in this new system and I'm comparing notes as I go. And it's like, wow, caching is hard. Yes. Or whatever the problem <laughs> is. <laughs> You're talking about caching. It's like, oh, there are seven ways from Sunday to screw that up. Yeah, news that JSTAP Pro has pagination that I had to build. News that JSTAP Pro has authentication, which I didn't build from scratch, but it could use some improving because it's all running on Lambda functions. They're like 10 second servers that come up and shut down. But those are the kind of things that that I wanted to talk about in this episode. We have, you built a paginator. You learned what it takes to do that. You know, what happens when you hit the back arrow and you're at the beginning? Does it go back or is it disabled? How do you disable it? What happens when you go to the end, but it's not an increment of the page number you're on? And then you start going backwards and you're going, okay, I'm on record eight. Can I still go backwards if I have displaying 10 on this page? I'm displaying. It's like, there's all kinds of wacky rules you got to put in here, but you think through that and you get a whole new, well, an appreciation for anyone else who's built a paginator, but you've also gone through a thought process that you wouldn't have had to. And The crazy part is you did it for the love of just doing it, for the fun of it. Well, for learning. So I do things to learn stuff generally. And so making that news at JSTAP Pro site, I was using a system that uses GraphQL and React and Prisma. And I was doing GraphQL because ServiceNow now uses GraphQL. And I've been able to use that once at work, like to debug stuff, which is fantastic. I can't wait till we're using GraphQL everywhere in the system because it is so much better than like the rest stuff. But there is a batched REST API. So you can make all those calls together, which I didn't know about until about two weeks ago, thanks to Kalaya. When you start a project like this, are you setting out to learn a specific technology or are you setting out to solve a problem and look at technologies that can help you get there. And then you go, okay, now I learned GraphQL. Is, is it a byproduct of the adventure or is that the sole thing about your adventure is, you, you said you, you do these to learn. Are you trying to learn something specific and then find a problem to apply it to or is it the other way around? Well, generally I'll have an idea of what I want, mm-hmm. right? So like in, in the, like in the beginning, sure, Andrew, I'll make an aggregator for that stuff. That sounds like fun. And I was building on a tool called Eleventy, and it was great. So a byproduct of making this thing that I wanted so I didn't have to look up stuff was learning these static site generators and figuring out how to make them more efficient and run them in a way that didn't fail. Okay. Have you ever learned something and, and never used it again? Well, that was a skill I'll, I'd never see again before. I mean, yeah, but sometimes you'll learn like how they solve like a type of problem, like a pattern. And those are always super useful. Yes. Regardless of what stack it's in or how it's set up. 
I, I look at that from an example of one that I did years ago. I built my own ticketing system. It was in Perl and it used my SQL behind the scenes. And in doing that, I, I, I stole a few concepts from another platform. Like I had a data dictionary. It wasn't anything on scale with what ServiceNow did. But then when I got to ServiceNow, it was just sort of a natural transition. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pattern. That's a concept. That's a construct, an abstraction that I could do again. So when you see these other packages, when you see these other platforms, uh, you can apply that and go, well, how would I build that in this? Right. Like that news, that JSTEP Pro site, I have a thing in there that's kind of like rules, like business rules, mm -hmm. right? But everywhere else in the world, they call those things middleware. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that that was a thing. So after I found that out, it was like, oh man, everything has middleware. It just means different things in different places. But a lot of it means pretty much what business rules do. Are there, is there anything for news.js.pro that's on your wish list that you would like to get to someday? Oh, I've got so many updates I want to do to it. I, I want to redo the layout of it so I don't have to load that sidebar. I want to change it so that the unauthenticated users have a, a different display than authenticated users. Mm -hmm. Because right now, if you look at the network tab, it's making like five calls to check if you're authenticated. And it doesn't need to, because why it doesn't need to know you're authenticated. So I've got like five things to make it faster and improve it. I just haven't gotten time to do it with uh, with my other projects that I start. I noticed that you're also messing around with something called Jamstack. You've posted that on social media a couple of times. What is it and what are you doing with it? Uh, Jamstack is building like we built back in the 90s. Everything is separated. You have like your HTML stuff, like on a CDN somewhere or on a specific server. You have your backend stuff on another server. And everything is just apart. Okay. There's no more monoliths. And when you separate those concerns, everything can be a lot faster. You can really optimize those different components. And so um, a lot of the Jamstack stuff is like Netlify is a company that is really um, on the front of this stuff and Vercel. But uh, they have like, you, you can drag and drop a folder onto their site and it'll make an HTML site for you. Hmm. And that's fantastic and quick and easy. It's like GeoCities again, right? But then additionally, you can connect it to like an identity service and they can have a GraphQL service you can connect it to. But then you can also just have your services make other calls other places and like using those uh, serverless functions. So then you can have like actual authentication without a server. Really lowers the cost of having a website. News.js.pro, I think cost me like $5 a month. Mm -hmm. And that's with like 30,000 records in the database and hundreds of views a month. It's fantastic. The price of hosting has come way down and you get more capabilities than what you got just a few years ago. I know when I was looking around for podcast hosting in 2005, 2006, I did it out of my house and I went, well, this isn't going to keep up. It's not scalable. And then when we went to the cloud, I was like, oh man, I don't know if we can afford that. And now it's just a few bucks a month for a server that's got way more horsepower than anything in my house. And if you need another 10 gig, you give them 10 bucks and you know, there, uh, no, it's a dollar. It's a dollar for another 10 gig of storage. I can't even, it's like, I don't want to host in my house anymore. I've got to get to that with uh, all the assets I've been making for um, for my video projects recently. Let's talk about your latest endeavor. And I truly appreciate the effort that goes into this. News with Jace. Tell the listener a little bit about that. Uh, so News with Jace started um, about two months ago. Um, I'm not sure exactly 
why I wanted to do it. I found this application called Mm-hmm, which made making videos really easy. Um, and I thought, well, I have this news aggregator. Maybe I should aggregate the aggregated data into like a clip that's shorter that people can like just watch and then they'll know what I shared. And that's kind of where that started. And it's been evolving. I had some mic problems in the beginning, but then the folks like you and Rob Fedora were like, hey, you need to change those settings and get a better mic because you sound not the best. Everybody starts at some entry level to every new skill set. This is a new new place for you. It is. Whether you're starting in software development, whether you're star- starting in broadcasting and, and live streaming, or it, it, we all have a baseline. Don't let that be the barrier to you getting in and trying this. You, again, we the reason we're doing this episode is you will learn new skills right. all over the place that will benefit you later. Trust me, this this fun project will pay dividends at some point. So yeah, you, you you did have some quality issues early on, and you know, frankly, you look back at these and go, "Those are wholly embarrassing." I'm going to take them offline, uh, like I did with some of my first dozen or so podcasts back in 2004. And but that's fine. You learn and you grow from them, and you are interested in improvement. And the nice thing is, there's such this wonderful community out there that's willing to step up and help. And you, and, and not trying to be critical. I know sometimes it's it's hard to take constructive feedback but the the, if you're willing to accept that and go thank you for helping me make this better that's that's when you really put your foot on the accelerator and go fast that is so crucial i've always been an advocate at least of myself to like hear people's complaints about whatever it is you're doing because if you don't hear those complaints how do you know what's wrong and if you get defensive about those complaints you're not hearing the like the gold nugget of like truth to whatever they're saying that they're upset about and frustrated about that would make it better for everyone. Well, otherwise they vote with their feet or in this case, their keyboard and they go somewhere else or, or, right. or, or they do what I did back, back in podcasting. Go, I think I could do better than that. Oh, well, today's currency is attention. Yeah. Right. So they'll just spend their attention somewhere else. It feels like a race to the bottom with how much attention people spend on every little thing. Is viewership going up? It has been. Actually, it's not like significant, but it's still growing. I've got 130 subscribers, I think, right now. And that's cool. So I was able to get Jace now as a channel name on YouTube. I'm still not sure if I should keep it on YouTube or go somewhere else. But um, but it's been really great. Some words of advice. Don't compare yourself with anybody else's viewership. Yeah, it's a you want to compete with your previous self. That's yeah, I, I know that much. Yeah. And, and, and somebody told me one time, they said, imagine you're sitting in a room of 137 people delivering this. That's a substantial audience. Right. And you've got that on a weekly basis. And you don't have to travel <laughs> to make that audience happen. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, now, tell me about, we talked about audio. Tell me about any other skills you've learned from doing this project. Um, well, definitely um, getting a better setup. Like it doesn't cost a lot to make your video setup really nice. You can spend 10 bucks on a light and really make your face pop. Without that light though, it it's really noticeable. Um, but yeah, you don't need much to start a video um, thing on YouTube. However, going in with intent is really, really important in my opinion. If you're just going to record yourself to record yourself, I don't think anybody's going to want to watch that. 
you know, it, but it's a slippery slope, my friend. The the the, the spending and the wish, wish list of of list mic and that mixer and that. I mean, the most expensive part of all of these things is the time it takes to do it. You've been you've been doing this for a while. Let's talk about episode ten that's coming up. How long do you take on the pre-show prep, the recording, and then the post-show before it's on YouTube? I mean, these are what five five minutes. People are watching five minutes. Right. I try to keep them down to five minutes. Okay. If it's more than five minutes, I couldn't cut enough. And if it's under five minutes, I, I don't add stuff for filler if I don't have it. So, how much of your life are you investing in this precious five minutes that 137 people are watching? So generally I'll prep it on either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday when I have an hour or so. And I'll go through the save posts on LinkedIn because LinkedIn has a silly API <laughs> and my news aggregator. And um, then I'll generate those assets. And it takes me about about one hour to like get those things together okay. in a folder. And um, once I have those assets together, I try to put them in like a grouping of like upcoming events, new people fun content. And then I have to spend about another half an hour to 45 minutes now recording takes on those clips. Okay. So that's the pre-show. And then the recording is, I guess, the the recording part. After it's prepped, I don't do any post-editing yet. I just upload it. Oh, okay. Because I, I see cuts in the video where you're talking about story and then obviously the, the background changes. And I thought like the, the camera switches... That's the whole, like I do it all in one, like I don't do one like recording, but um, that application that mm -hmm, the way that they do it is it's like a video presentation software where you can go from slide to slide and you record gotcha. the clip for the slide and you can change the takes out and replace them or throw in a live, like a, another video or whatever. You've eliminated a lot of the post-production hassles. I mean, if I eliminated, I haven't felt it. Yes. I, I don't, I don't know the post-production hassles. I do want to add some post-production stuff to it though. Okay. And I'm, I haven't figured out where to get that started or how to learn that without it being really difficult. It's, it's another skill set. So I'm, I'm figuring you, you got two, two and a half hours invested in each episode is, is about what I approximated. Yeah, that's about right. I did some quick math. 137 people times five minutes means they're, if they watched the whole thing, that's like 11 hours of viewership. You're coming out ahead. A little bit. That's great. So Jason, what, what other benefits or lessons learned have you got out of doing news with Jace? Well, my, my family sees it. They, they, they think it's pretty cool. So, so 37 of these viewers are your family. My wife, she came in the other day. She took a picture of my office. I have one of those green screens you can attach to your chair because I thought, oh, the, my office is really small. Like, this will work. And she was like, look at my husband in his silly office. <laughs> like, oh. uh, it's, you're, you're learning like, to be public with stuff. I think it's really important to be able to be true to yourself and to be yourself around everybody else. And learning in public is one way to really ensure that you are your own person. Did you present at Knowledge? I didn't this year. Okay. I was going to try and connect that because presenting on the camera helps you present better in public because you are watching yourself. And trust me, I'm my own worst critic when it comes to replay and playing and performing and doing that. And then when you get out in public again, there's there's like a return benefit because not only do you feel better about presenting, but there's also that that energizing. I, I, I tell you, I'm I'm really having. A, I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts and more videos because of knowledge. Like yes, 
I now I now know who these people are that are out there watching. And it's it's just all that much more energy. So there's kind of this wonderful building cycle of how that goes. It's like a circular effect of like energy that just keeps growing. And as you make stuff, people, more people notice it. Like people yeah. approach me at knowledge and I'm I think it's fantastic that people find value in the things that I create. Initially, when I started creating most of my content, it was for me. But other people finding content in it and then approaching me and thanking me for the content that I made is so fantastic to hear. That is the winning recipe. I am glad that what I make and make for make run the line is helpful for some people. And that's that's just an added benefit of the initial goal of like my blog. Yeah, if there's two takeaways in here, that's that's one of them is if you do something and people find value in it, you won. I mean, that, that's what I'm calling it, is you won. Right. Uh, the other takeaway is when you invest in these side projects, that pays dividends to your work product and your work product pays dividend f- to your side projects. And that just keeps making you better and better because you're putting in that extra time and, and, and those skills, even though they may not be directly related to your role today, they can lead to opportunities later. Uh, I, exactly. I, I don't want to hold myself up as an example too much, but that's exactly what happened to me. And I am the happiest I've ever been in my career because I took this chance and started doing a podcast back in 2004. It's now the DNA of what I do. And I can bring that passion, not only to talk about service now, which you know, we're all very passionate about, but also right. to the delivery of that, whether it's in a video or whether it's on stage or whether it's in a podcast, that comes through. People seeing you isn't just like a, yeah, it was helpful for somebody. Some of those people become managers, they become bosses, they become CEOs. Yes. I mean, I'm telling you this year, I've talked to more vice presidents and CEOs than I've ever talked to in my life. And I'm just like, holy buckets. It's so cool to be reached out to by these higher ups. And um, I mean, everybody's a person at the end of the day. And if you yep. keep that in mind, that's going to that's gonna really help you out. But like, still, it's like a little, oh my gosh, this CEO reached out to me today. Like, what can I do for you? Or what would, what, what do you want from me? Like, you know, it's a, it's a little, I feel a little awestruck when like folks who are founders of their own companies, like reach out. That's the, the, the relationships are invaluable and you, you could have, say one of our partners call up and say, we're starting a media production thing. We want to do a news segment. We saw Jace doing this. Nobody else seems to be doing this around service now. Would you be interested in coming to our company to produce something like that? Like, yes and yes. You know, that's the kind of stuff that comes out of these projects. That's how you write your own ticket, people, is you get out there, put yourself out, not, not necessarily doing a video about news, but do what you love and follow that whimsical idea, see where it leads you. If it doesn't work out, hey, you move on to the next one. You go, I'm going to be the first ServiceNow songwriter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of people to take note from, at least in this space. I mean, you've got like Drew with his podcast. Yep. You've got a whole bunch of other people with podcasts, right? Robert is a, is a shining example. You've got Justin Meadows yep. at CrossFuse doing his videos, which are fantastic. And he's been mixing in like these shorts and other stuff, which I that's a whole nother deal. I mean, yeah, Crossviews, bring that back. Crossviews was was born out of ServiceNow Guru, which was somebody yeah. putting in blog tips together and say, hey, well, look what I learned. And I, I still go to ServiceNow Guru sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. Any words of advice you would give our developers today, Jace? Just make stuff. 
Keep creating. You don't have to share it if you don't want to, but make things. Even if you're not going to put it online for other people to consume, make it and save it in your Google Drive or make it and save it in your whatever backup system you use. You will thank yourself later when you're at another project and you're like, how did I make this ridiculous thing? If you're making projects and you're saving them for yourself or even saving them online to share with other people, you're going to save everybody time. Great stuff. And I've heard so many developers say, I've got an Evernote folder for this, or I've got uh, a Google Drive doc for that. It's going to be some obscure property or table name or something that delivers you from the head punishment that you did the first time around and go, I learned that. I'm going to save it. And some people, like you said, choose to share that. And that's how they get a blog started. That's how they get some of that content out there. I put people in the three categories when it comes to these like sharing stuff, right? You got like Travis Tolson, who has like full on book chapters he writes. You've got me who writes like between one and three, one and five paragraphs on the topic. And then you got folks like uh, I am Kali and this other guy named Ruin, who is this cloud minus 89 site. And they're like one sentences. So like you don't need to have a lot of content to share right. it. And I've found value in all of those sites and all of those people. I don't know that anybody's broken open the TikTok recipe. Like, there could be ServiceNow TikTok content. I mean, Earl made something this week. Did you see it? I did. I haven't looked at it yet. I was traveling when he made that. But yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see where it goes. There's all kinds of green space out there, and I love it. All right, Jace, it's been wonderful talking to you. Lots of great insight and advice. Now is the part of the program where you get to promote yourself. How can people get in touch with you? You can reach out to me on Twitter at Jay Spenson, or you can reach out to me on anywhere that you find my name and I will try to respond. All right. I have a, I have a blog, jace.pro. And um, on there, I link all of my other projects that I'm currently messing with. Can do. I assume LinkedIn is also an option or do you know? Oh, yeah, LinkedIn that, but... is definitely an option. Okay. That's where everybody goes. I, I, uh, yeah. That's just in slash Jay Spenson personal cell phone number? Probably not. Uh, I mean, I do have a number I can give out, but I'm not going to read that out here. (laughs) Um, If you look on things, you'll find my email. So there's also that, but I'm not going to also share that here. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget, we have other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at the community on community.servicenow.com under the resources menu or go to servicenow.com slash podcast. Subscribe to any or all of them. There may be some that are suitable for your coworkers that you may want to recommend. Real quickly, Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow, executive producer Chuck Tomasi. Video and captions are by Earl Duquet. And to find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, I invite you to go to developer.servicenow.com. Again, thank you so much, Chase, for joining us today. Glad to be here. Bye, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. I've always been a firm believer in the idea that those side projects you do for fun are extremely valuable to your career. And our first outtake is made. How about I just start this out and if it doesn't work, we'll cut it. I don't know about that.
Now I lost track of what my next question was because I don't really have a next question. Oh my God, that's fantastic. I don't know that anybody, I don't know that anybody, try that again for the third time. Yeah, now you're, now you're talking my lingo. I hope people can understand me.